Hello and welcome back to Beyond Meaning. Last week we discussed functions, isomorphisms, and recursions. We talked about how these ideas create the building stones for consciousness. We also went over how culture grows from means and what language is attempting to accomplish. Today, we are going to be expanding on these ideas even further now that we have a basic understanding of them. As sentient human beings, we come with an internal compass that drag us towards the things we want and away from the things we don't. This is our innate survival mechanism called ego. Our ego is a dualistic and reductionist internal expression that serves to bridge the space between the conscious and the unconscious mind. This awareness is a sort of mirror that acts as a recursive thought loop, which creates the basis for the identity to root within. Here is where our likes, dislikes, ambitions, and fears take shape, and it is in the world outside where we find them. As the identity begins to deeper identify with the symbols of what it chooses to be, then it begins to motivate the way in which you, we, us, navigate the world in which we receive, create, and realize our desires through self-referent realization of physical and socio-cultural isomorphisms. The group collective of symbols and people begin to take shape and space within all realms of existence. The realms of existence is awareness's birthplace. There are many interpretations of these realms as they vary from culture to culture, shifting an archetype as the region, people, and language shift with them. For now, we'll label the realms like this. The physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional realms. Just like there is fundamental matter, there is also fundamental energy that creates the motivations and archetypes that go into the corresponding pattern of reality. This is the birthplace of what drives the wheel. These dual energy fields create the push and pull of the ideas and intentions that grow and pass through each realm of existence and once they intersect with one another, they bleed onto the screen of space known as reality. Understanding the concept of isomorphisms, they do not only occur here on the physical. These same principles apply to the screens of space within each other realm of existence. When each of these realms meet, there is where reality merges. We have a energy body for each of these realms of existence and it is up to us to find the inner balance by seeking out the events that are going to bring us closer to the vibrations that are in alignment with each of these energetic bodies within us. So it's body, mind, spirit in one aspect and the body, mind and spirit meet at the thresholds of reality, which becomes the physical matter, the intersection of space and time in order to manifest. So having your body, mind, and spirit, that creates living life through a state of flow. 
and that attracts to you, that just puts you in contact with the events and the circumstances and, the, and just the environment that will help you expand upon whatever it is that you are intentionally trying to accomplish. It's pretty cool because that's really how the foundation of reality works to the people who choose to view it that way. Other people who choose not to view it this way are met with the circumstances they choose to meet with. But from a firsthand experience, and I've also been fortunate enough to connect with people who have also had similar experiences and similar uh, methods have they implemented in order to uh, achieve the results and acquire the degree of success that they have been seeking. And it's a sense of, well, so if you just study flow, you will like, you know, it has been defined as the threshold of reality where challenge meets skill. And that is quite literally the essence of what living a life with intention is about it's about reaching that threshold where you are forcing yourself to get better but it's not a forcing it's an encouraging it's a you're driving yourself to seek deeper fountains of power potential and ability it's it's a sense of I'm here and I'm going to push further and further because this is what I love to do and I know that I can do it if I set myself up and if I really try and hard work. It's literally work, you know, like it's it's like this is what I'm realizing with my initiation into endurance sports. It's all about the state of mind that you encourage and in essence the wolf that you choose to feed. Like if we have a duality of consciousness, we have the conscious and subconscious, then the same concept applies to everything else within our life. Like it's like we can talk about how the microcosm is a representation of the microcosm. And it's a simple reflection of a bigger scale picture, right? So those same laws are going to be applying in different corresponding avenues within the same isolated system. It's here where we are shown the nature of, well, geometry, you know, like we see patterns and then the patterns become loops and then the loops become systems and then the systems become societies. And then that is essentially the way that I will choose to segue into this next topic of, well, emotional intelligence and the use of positive resonant loops and negative dissonant loops and how that creates the charge of vibration that connects to the collective unconscious to create the story, to put it in those terms, that the archetypes will be playing out and that is essentially the way that perception molds a society's interpretation of the three-dimensional world and while the system responsible for this ability this phenomena is the limbic system which runs and merges 
thinking to feeling it's uh on the brain it's located all the way from the prefrontal area to the amygdala uh and, and runs from either side of the midbrain uh, this is part of the limbic system the limbic system essentially acts as an electromagnet that attracts a environment uh, a 3d environment based off of the internal state of being that is being experienced so let's make that make a little more sense if i'm in a good mood i'm going to attract people who are also in a good mood so what that means is that i am exerting an open loop on a positive vibration the limbic system being the electromagnet that it is will be creating a sort of charge that will either fill the room with positivity or suck it dry of the life with negativity. Uh, these become open and closed loops, positive and negative loops, resonant and dissonant loops. So from now on, we're just gonna refer to them as dissonance and resonance. Essentially, when there is a state of resonance, the entire collective is in unity. Ideas are flowing and people are collectively feeling creative. It's a state of high productivity and high sustainability. When groups share a vision, they work towards the same ideal, tapping into their core strengths and working together to bring about that vision. It's a very intuitive process that transcends language and even culture because it is something that comes engraved within us in our soul, known as our purpose. Like, I, like I've been mentioning and saying across these episodes, it's like a spark. It's like that thing that we call our identity. We all intuitively tap into the same identity known as the oversoul, the super soul. And whether or not we're conscious of it, it's still cybernetically ingrained within our subconscious, our psyche. This is because of the fact that we have all grown up in a society or in a culture of one sort or the other, and we all possess the primal DNA that has been imparted from us from our ancestors and our ancestors countless countless darwinian exams i guess we can call them have progressed us to where we are now and it is ingrained with us the same lessons i guess the same loops the same patterns that are ancestors have faced we have faced too and it is through the wisdom that they have overcome that we are able to greater magnify that primal energy we could call it kundalini if we wanted to but um it requires a lot of shadow work which is essentially rooting within the subconscious and becoming aware of all the ancestral lineage and that becomes a walk with the chakras and it becomes an intonation into each of the chakras and an alignment of the seven energy bodies that correspond to the seven chakras and then it becomes a sort of 
remote projection of your past, present, future seen from your perspective, the perspective of your ancestors, and then you even walk the perspective of your ancestors through past life regressions, uh, soul, soul projection, astral projection. Um, it's a lot of soul work, subconscious shadow work that leads you to intonate deeper into the rhythmic patterns of your subconscious mind, destiny, soul, purpose, life path, whatever you need to call it in order to make sense of it. But at the end of the day, if you know what it is, you already feel it, you already work with it. And we are essentially just kind of realizing that like, hey, we have this ability to tap into these more subtle realms of reality and we can pull ideas from there and we can make them impact the world around us for whatever intentions we set. All right, so let me see how I can kind of magnify that vibration and you magnify it by becoming more intentional with yourself. So how can you become more intentional? Well, you got to challenge yourself. Intention, like you, you could tell that your intentions worked. Okay, so for me, I have found my ability to magnify and manifest in sport. Uh, not only through writing, not only through, uh, but in sport. Mostly in sport because of the fact that it is primal. It strips away the necessity for reason there's something that transcends just when you see a performer like an athlete going hard it just it doesn't matter who they are where they're from it's just that they're here right now performing as hard as they can they're giving it their all they're it, they're embodying their body they're using their body for what it was meant to be used for and i have found a sort of enlightenment through that process of making my body work for me by pushing it to its very limits you don't necessarily need to run 50k to figure out like the purpose of meaning or why planets are round or whatever you want but it's in going beyond the ordinary ability that you think your perceived limit is it's pushing through it and it's smashing through those emotional barriers, those uh, recursive loops that keep you in complacent normality. And it's deteriorating those shackles one step at a time for me, in my case, in running. And I didn't really choose to start running. Like my relationship with running is really funny. Like I wasn't running because I was like, all right, I love running, no, no. It just, like when I first started running, I, I was barely able to run for like more than five minutes. And now I'm out here like challenging myself to tackle ultra marathons and like, like the Key West 100. And it's like pretty cool because it's like I never would have expected this because you don't know what you are capable of until you really just put yourself out there. And that goes hand in hand with just anything in life, you know, like that attaches to a higher sense of meaning because it's like you don't necessarily there's many ways to peel a potato i know that the terminology is completely different but like the saying goes a different way but there's never just one way to do something and so that's why for example in like vedic culture and vedic scripture there's a uh, many ways to reach krishna there's many ways to god to the godhead you know it's like there's different ways to find enlightenment 
and it's basically like that you know like you just find your passion by being honest with yourself so it's like if you have struggles with figuring out and like self-identifying while looking at yourself then it's because you're not being authentic with your own perception of who you are who you think the world is what you think the world is so in order to get a clear view of who you can be and what you can become you need to take a step back and within you need to take a dive into your own mind by taking the mindful actions of setting the time to do nothing this allows for the mind to quite literally lose itself so you need to transcend the patterns of habits which are inhibiting your ability to tap deeper into your creative pockets of energy that is innate and intrinsic to you yourself within your heart space and you take five minutes every day eventually it'll grow into 10 and then 20 and so on and you just breathe you focus on your breathing something that's worked wonders for me is getting the headspace app on my iphone um, this is obviously not an endorsement from headspace but i totally support their message i totally resonate with the principles that this app has kind of set the grounds for you know like i mean i've been on headspace for three years and like you don't need to pay anything to start like it's the first course is absolutely free you're they teach you how to meditate for free you know people are paying hundreds of dollars to go to meditation camps and meditation retreats which are totally worth it if you have the chance to go to one definitely go to one but it is not necessary you know like it goes back to what i was just saying there's many ways to there's many ways to draw a circle but it ends up being a circle um yeah you know it's it's pretty cool because once you start to set the time to not do anything other things that you do do end up being more intentional and it's like you start to realize that not everything deserves your attention and you start to focus on what does deserve your attention and the more you focus on what deserves your attention the more you realize what it is that you need and you want and you desire and that's by that's by making your intentions very definitive it's by knowing what you don't resonate with in order to attract deeper quantities of what you do resonate with it's a form of intentionality by becoming a conscious creator of your three-dimensional reality and this does go hand in hand with the subconscious like you don't want to encourage like okay so you need to choose to be in resonant states so that because it's like the subconscious mind manifests the states of my uh the states of energy that the limbic system feeds it because so it starts with the front of the brain and then it makes its way all the way to the back to the pineal gland so in the process that that electricity is carrying those symbols from the front of your brain uh, the prefrontal cortex all the way to the pineal gland between the cerebellum will be the foundation of how you choose to set the vibrations outward to be returned to you so if it's a open loop of resonance then it's going to bring back within the collective environment a higher state of collective resonance if it is a 
state of dissonance, you're going to project that state of dissonance out and then the whole room will be dissonant and it will not be something that you can create and stem and grow from, you know? It's like, these become the foundations, you know, if we go down a more esoteric route of magic, you know, it's like, people say light and dark magic, like literally there's a name for everything and every, every practice has its own thing. But like in ritual, why you, you, the reason you set your intentions is because you're going to be magnifying and magnetizing that energy, that energy that you are streamlining. So the reason that the circle is set is because each line is a, an intentional contract between you and the three-dimensional realm. It is your metaphysical body connecting through your physical body and in, expunging its will on the page of the sheet of space the, the 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 space within you you know be it whatever your medium might be if you use if you use a ritual setting if you use an altar if you use a forest setting whatever wherever your setting may be you know and you choose to enact your will on the objects in space in order to intentionally charge it with the energy that you are choosing to embed within it. So those are all loops that are being in embedded into the objects. So like if you watch uh, Harry Potter uh, <laughs> and the way that Lord Voldemort like kind of split up his soul into the Horcruxes, it is kind of similar to that, you know, like mainstream entertainment does embed uh, esoteric truths into their culture because of the fact that it is rooted in actuality, you know, like there's a lot of validity in uh, these metaphysical and these occulted uh, practices and they've been around for so long for a reason, you know, like they make sure that your subconscious mind has a way of expression, you know, it's very primal because of the fact that when you just detach from the confines of five dimensional space you know it's like all right people are just trying to be dimensional you know it's like but when you release from that and you just step into being and you're just present you know that you can make it so that your will intersects with the reality you know and then that becomes a input on the screen of space a coordinate on the grid and then depending on where that coordinate is you just kind of release it and then it matches with other variables and other coordinates that create within the computer of the world you know like gaia gaia would be the processor gaia would be the system setting um and then ourselves we would be kind of like avatars or com maybe components within that we would probably be applications and then the applications can send information to the system, but the system file operator is essentially the, 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 the say all do all for the processing system, you know, like the operating system. So when we send our intentions to Gaia, uh, they become charged and then they, they kind of filter through and what is in resonance with like the higher collective, because it's up to the collective. So if the collective programs Gaia to be a certain way, Gaia will be receptive to that certain way while still maintaining Gaia's own will because uh, at the end of the day, we are still just doing Gaia because we come from Gaia, so we are of Gaia. Uh, therefore, we can only do Gaia's will through our own will, even if it seems like it's not, you know, like Gaia has already figured it out 
and Gaia has programmed us, uh, whether we know it or not, because we are in Gaia's realm, you know, so it's like we are of Gaia. Um, so like, but the thing is like, I mean, before I get super off-rooted here, uh, off-rooted, whatever, before we take a detour in our thought train, um, if our, the intentions that we are sending to Gaia are in alignment, then they are going to return magnetized, magnified, and they're going to have higher manifestative, manifestative, many, you know, I'm going to think of a word for that, but it'll have higher like value on the manifesting table, you know, and you'll be able to manifest more, you know, it's like, this is more in alignment with the collective reality. Therefore, it comes easier because there is less force, but it doesn't mean that you need to that it's going to come easier with as in less work it's just going to become a more realistic goal for you like if you have never if you have never flown a plane in your life and your dream is to like fly a plane on wednesday from kentucky to japan then you know the likelihood of that happening is not going to be grounded in actuality but if you are a elite athlete that can average a 725 mile and you want to run a sub five minute mile even though it might be really hard if you work for it for a couple of days like if you say today is today is tuesday and i will run this by saturday then you can totally do that realistically because you have the conditioning you have the know-how you have the capacity to process that reality and the steps you need to take you can visualize yourself completing those tasks and therefore you are more in tune with yourself you are more in tune with the universe known as gaia and you're more in tune with your collective circle known as your environment your society your culture so this is kind of like a holistic interconnected speech uh, speech of how like loops create a navigatory course of reality so we did share a lot today we went over a lot um we definitely discussed some new perspectives and uh, i kind of just want to leave this with another call to action another mini prompt if you journal i encourage you to journal this and if you're more of a silent contemplator then by all means just sit with this but I would love for you to contemplate, to think about, to step into the idea of thinking about what fills you up with the most enthusiasm when you think about it. So yeah, you know, I mean, I'm having a good time putting these ideas into order verbally, you know, like these concepts, I've been sitting on these ideas, I've been journaling, I've been writing, I've been narrating and even texting, you know, like textbooking. I don't know what that terminology would be. These thoughts into words and just written words, you know? So it's like the ability to finally like just talk for 30 minutes without uninterrupted, just without interruptions is just amazing for me. Like, it's like, this is kind of something that I've known I've had to do for so long, like at least three years long. And it's like, there were so many factors that kind of tried to discourage me or that would discourage me from just starting because it was like, oh, I don't have the gear. 
Oh, I don't even know how to frame it. Oh, it needs to be like this. Oh, don't I need a co-host? Blah, 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 blah. Just doubt, fear, insecurity. And it wasn't until very recently because it's like I finally have known the way to just, I finally figured out that I can manifest. You know, I finally gained that degree of confidence within myself that just erases the opinion of anyone or anything else. I have learned how to outstand adversity. You know, it's like I have seen the fact that like I climbed my mountain, but I came back down. Like it's like, all right, I was just focusing on climbing my mountain, climbing my mountain, climbing my mountain. And when I was at the top of the mountain, I was like, all right, well, what now? It's like it's a long way back down. You know, it's like you came you, you came all the way up here, but now it's like your story is not even done. You still have to go back. And it's like you could choose to stay here as long as you want, but you know that at the end of the day, you still need to go back. And that's kind of how it is like with waking up. You know, it's like, am I, am I just like choosing to stay asleep because I'm afraid? Am I lazy? What is it? And it's not until you just do it, you just wake up that you will have those answers. You know, it's not until you do what scares you that that fear will let go. It's confronting it. You know, there's something about that limitation that faces, that forces you to shatter that mold of who you thought you were into the potential, the infinite possibility of who you can be. And that's kind of what we are here to do as human beings. In my journey, I've been seeing this time and time again across different people that I connect with, my own personal stories, and just reading books of people who have accomplished marvelous acts. We are here to just further propel ourselves by working through our own self-limitations. You know, like the bigger our doubt for ourselves is, the more we can overcome it. And once we choose to overcome it, the change that we have on the world around us is monumental. And that's, I believe, what Gandhi was talking about when he was alluding to change yourself, change the world, because it's like you quite do literally change the world when you decide to just focus and work on yourself. The world changes to meet you. You don't need to match vibrations and you don't need to change yourself to meet anyone anywhere because you walk your path, no one can walk your path and we can't walk anyone else's path. So it is just being content with your own journey. Well, that is a perfect place to end this. Signing off. Goodbye.